Welcome back to the Two Months Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall, uh, my uh, co-host this evening. Uh, he is back with us. We have uh, Brody McIntyre, a.k.a. The Closer. Broads, how's it going? It's going, buddy. Recovering from the John Reed last weekend, so that was pretty busy. Uh, boys did well, so we're back at it now and trying to make some money because I was away from Thursday to Sunday just doing nothing other than watching kids hockey. Yeah. Back to reality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, we'll get into that for sure. And uh, our guest this evening, uh, he is back with us. Uh, he's been with us by what four or five times, I believe. Uh, we have Sonny Sakan from Free Play. He is the Chief Revenue Officer, I believe. Is that right, or did I screw that up? That is correct. That is correct. Okay. All right. How's it going, Sonny? Yeah, it's going really good. Uh, busy week. I was in Montreal and uh, Detroit last weekend for the Oilers games, which was a blast, and then. Minor hockey week for our free play hockey teams, uh, which is quite busy and hectic. Uh, so just yeah, lots of hockey and uh, yeah, keeping us busy. Yeah, you, you were uh, you. I saw you uh, linked up with um, with Clem Costin, a big fan favorite here in Edmonton. So uh, you're still kind of, I guess, do you still have your hands dipped into the uh, Henry Singer kind of thing, and you're kind of still helping players out here and there when you can, Sonny, or how does that go? Yeah, for sure. It's um, it's by appointment kind of like I was obviously at Singer for 14 years and you you develop relationships with a lot of people not just the hockey team but fortunate to have made relationships with a lot of the hockey team and uh, that's always fun and you know getting to help those guys with something that some of them care a lot about some don't but yeah Clem was a guy that's um, just a really kind person and he uh, you know there a friendship kind of developed he was in enough shopping and then we uh we have a mutual friend that was he was quite close with and uh you know we were all kind of bummed when he left and then just the way it kind of worked out the brick committee was going to go and check out some some other cities we'd finally been invited out to to see what they're all about and uh at the time we were planning it Clem hadn't we didn't even know he was there and then landed and it was funny I actually took stuff with me to Detroit yeah. for him from Henry Singer so he came and hung out with us a bit in the hotel and got stuff fitted up and then you know, he was pretty bummed. He, he was healthy, but he wasn't activated that day. Yeah. Uh, so I think he wanted to play and then it was, ended up being an awesome experience. Just a great guy. <laughs> Got to go in the fitting room, uh, the dressing rooms and meet some of the players and just that rank is spectacular. So really fun. Yeah. I heard it's uh it's quite the place. Uh, and yeah, Broads, you, uh, you know, obviously had a big, uh, big weekend with the kids, uh, your, your son's team, uh, they won bronze at the John Reed and, uh, overall experience and, uh, and obviously a proud father moment of how great, uh, your son played and a lot of great, uh, highlights on Instagram of his, uh, his performance, but, uh, thoughts of the tournament, your son and, uh, the big, uh, obviously the most important thing is winning bronze and kind of get capturing that for that, for that team and the coaching staff. Yeah, well, it's a pretty big tournament, right? You're talking the best teams from – there's a team from Arizona. There's an elite team that came from Toronto, just loaded full of talent. Uh, playing this edge team out of Calgary, they're probably the best team in Canada. They're ranked the best team in Canada. I don't know how official those rankings are, but they're loaded top to bottom, right? Like, So for a club team to come out, um, you know, they we can only pick kids from St. Hour. They can pick kids from – wherever they want that Toronto team had kids from all over Toronto. It's team had kids from all over the place, kids from Red Deer. Right. So to be able to compete and show that St. Albert's program is, is pretty elite and hang in there and be 
third place out of 16 teams and 16 darn good teams was really impressive. It's the best results, actually, the teams had. I think somebody said 1989 or 1990 was the last time they did that well. So yeah, huge showing for the team. They did fantastically well. I couldn't be prouder of the whole group, actually. And the whole experience that Jeff puts the team through is fabulous, right? He's got interviews. He's got uh, lots of lots of stuff that doesn't really involve hockey, to be honest. Like on the Wednesday night, they all go put their gear in this special room that they get to use. It's actually the U18 girls team. They get to use their room. And he makes them write an essay or a, little, you know, a couple paragraphs or a few paragraphs, whatever it is, on who you're playing for, right? So everybody goes around the room and talks about, oh, I'm playing for my etc. Right? So my son's was playing for his brother because he always looks up to his brother who's his idol and playing for my grandpa, his grandpa who passed away last year and why these guys are the role models, why they're playing for them. And then they go around the room and share those experiences with each, with each other. So that's, you know, outside of the hockey part, which is super cool. That's, that's pretty important stuff and pretty more, a little more real than a 14 year old hockey tournament. Right. So his coaching staff does an unbelievable job of that kind of stuff. Uh, on the selfish side, my kid did fantastically well. Probably the best hockey I've seen him play. Uh, he was called upon a lot, played a lot of minutes, a lot of important minutes, and and did very, very well. And in his world, <coughs> everything was great because Pavel Barber, uh, I don't know what you call it, not retweeted, whatever it's called on Instagram, put up some clip of him scoring a goal that's kind of gone viral. So he's, uh, and he messaged him privately. So in his world, from a 14-year-old Pavel Barber, Getting a message from him is pretty cool stuff. So all around, it was a super cool experience. Thursday or Wednesday night, right through to Sunday afternoon, boys were gassed by the end of it and all the parents and had a wonderful time. The people group who put it on, Sonny, I'm sure it is Brent Condor. I know you, uh, he ran it all. Uh, his kid was in the brick uh, a couple years before Ozzy played in it. Uh, he was the goalie on that team. And I'm sure he had, I'm sure he picked, um, Brito's brain a lot on what to do and how to do it and when to do it and all those ins and outs of uh, putting together a hockey tournament which was he did a great job of so yeah it was awesome top to bottom that's awesome Sonny you want to chime in on that yeah I know some of these kids well, you've uh, seen and played or watched play and all that so kind of proud moments for you probably too yeah I know it's it's awesome to like see the the progression like uh, you know obviously I'm very close to the brick tournament and seeing what they're what kids are doing at 10 but now like being able to track with social media and just staying in touch with folks, just that progression. Um, I didn't see this clip, but I'm like super stoked. I've like made a note already. I want to look at that right after <laughs> and maybe get Brick to retweet or reshare it, whatever it is. Um, no, it's awesome. And like, I, I think, I think it's great when <clears throat> can like look at what other tournaments are doing. Like uh, the Brick takes a lot of pride in what we do and creating experiences for kids. Um some of those kids will go on and do amazing things in the NHL, as we all know, lots won't. Um, so hearing stuff like what, what you're sharing about them talking about what it's for, I think is so good for the culture of the game and like, uh, you know, just the, the kids that are going through it. So that's something like I'm happy to hear too and to, to share. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I just got to see a few of the clips. It's just it continues to blow my mind how every year it's like, I feel like it, you, you know, every 10 years you would see these like leaps in terms of what kids could do. And now it's like every year it's like, 
like what what is like what's the next generational player going to look like you know like it's crazy it's, it's crazy what yeah like like it's crazy to see what's happening and how skilled these guys are game and how quickly they can process things so it's just fun to to be around and watch so that's sunny uh, well you don't have uh i told you kind of offer there the team from toronto i had a handful of kids that played in the brick and aussie's age uh his team the sun team had four kids that played in the brick and then the edge team was basically the rest of the brick kids like i bet you i haven't counted I, I, my guess would be seven or eight or nine or ten and kids that's dupont dupont's on no edge. dupont didn't, he, he's playing u18 but okay. i can't fathom what would happen if he was in that tournament but <laughs> that team would have been even his dad was their, the coach actually so that cool. team had the rest of the kids that play, <laughs> played in the brick for our team operator so there's a lot it was cool seeing like some of the toronto kids i haven't seen since they were 10 years old uh actually gary roberts kid Nothing to do with Brick, but Gary Roberts' kid uh, won MVP of the tournament. No way. Yeah, pretty neat stuff. But cool seeing, yeah, cool seeing the guys that, you know, we watched when they were 10 years old, and here they are back in St. Albert and doing their thing, and a lot of them are still really good. That's awesome. Was uh, was Gary there, Rhodes? He was, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, he's doing, uh, obviously, what he's doing with these athletes now. <laughs> These young kids coming up is pretty cool. But uh, speaking of that, uh, um, Sonny, you got some, uh, some, you know, something to be happy about too with the free pay, free play kids. Uh, the was it the wolves? Uh, the wolves. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so that's that, pretty sweet. I think. Uh, yeah, I think no, our kid Cam Stewart. I think Cam Stewart. His uh, his son, is his son on the team? I believe. Um, is there a last name Stewart on the team? I Cam, think so. Um, but yeah, I don't also know. produce our podcast. So yeah, his, uh, I think he was talking about it too, but yeah, go ahead. It's pretty sweet. No, I mean, it, it's unreal. I, I remember talking to you uh, last year about, um, you know, where we were with the program and hockey being so important and wanting to expose kids to it and also being part of changing the game, right? Like how do you, how do you introduce kids that don't generally want to play hockey that don't look like hockey players? And it's like, well, you bring them all in together on like in a safe space and you go through it together. And so last year, you know, we, we would be happy if, if it was like a seven goal spread and um, you know, the kids all showed up and which they did every single time, regardless of winning or losing, we had our full roster every night. People were positive, happy. They're just experiencing the game. And then to go into your second year to grow our program uh, more teams but then to have that group from last year uh, getting some structure, I can't say enough good things about the coach, Evan Nord and his staff um, and just creating like a positive support system for these guys. But, and then they, they kind of go on a run and they get into minor hockey week and you didn't really expect much. And then those games are interesting because they're run time, you know, you got to play, but you just get ahead and you never know what can happen. Right. And like, I swear I, I watched the last game and, it was probably 50 minutes all in. Right. Um, and they just, you know, that belief starts to creep in. We've seen this so many times and then suddenly it's like, they're playing for each other. And, uh, you know, I, I we have a big group, uh, messaging system at free play and it's like, okay, they're in the semis. And then while wow, they won the semis. And so then now all the staff are there, everybody's so pumped for these. <clears throat> and it was a great game. And, um, it literally went right down to the wire. It was, they lost three two to a to a Sierra team, and uh, they threw everything at them in the last couple of seconds. But again, just for the program to within a year to get 
to grow that much um, is just like phenomenal. And that's what free play is trying to do. It's uh, you know, we I've said before, lots of times, we don't actually care about the outcome. We want pathways for kids that won't get into sport to have access to sport, but it's nice when, you know, what you're doing uh, is working and you are getting results um, and hockey, you know, I didn't expect truthfully, I didn't expect hockey to speed up that quick because if you've never played the game before, you got to learn to skate. You got to learn all these things, right? Like, yeah. and if you're learning at like 12 and 13, it's, it's harder than if you started as a child, right? So like our free play teams and other sports are dominant, right? Like soccer, basketball, but uh, so it was a real point of pride. And, uh, you know, we were happy to share it with like lots of sponsors um, and it was great. And the kids are still pumped and uh, it gives them something to build off moving forward. So we're, we're super happy for them. So what's so next? how does how does free play work for the people who don't know for hockey specifically? So what we do is um so everything starts like in these grassroots programs. So the <clears throat> welcome to play, which is like our first point of contact with lots of kids that are refugees, uh, in the resettlement process. Then through that program, we will work with their families, encourage them to like we'll show them the schools that we're in and say, hey, like if you want to have this ongoing support, go to like live around these spots. And so then they get into the elementary schools that we're in. And then we're the free after school care. We start to like, they get uh, into those programs. And then when they get out of uh, elementary or sorry, yeah, elementary and they're into to junior high and high school age, we go to the kids that are in our program that want to continue to specialize in a sport. And as soon as we have enough interest for a team, we just, we do the registration. We hire the coaches, we get the uniforms. If they need rides, we take care of that. So it's just like we take care wow. of everything. Equipment um, too? Pardon me? Equipment? Yeah. Um, so we'll work with like uh, Sports Central and um, and get stuff like that. We've had stuff donated from like Bauer directly. Like we are part of Every Kid Deserves a Shot in the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation. So that helps. Awesome. Uh, Darnell Nurse is our ambassador. He's a great friend of the program. So he's arranged for like hockey sticks for the kids. So um, the whole, like everything about free play is just to try to make it so that all the kid needs to do is want to play. And then, you know, we'll take, we'll, we'll go from there. And, you know, my job, you know, some of the kids think my job's super hard because I got to go and have these conversations and make these pitches. But like their job is the, the hard job. Like they're the ones that have to figure out how to get these kids from A to B and in between. Like, and it, they're amazing. Like we had... We have a, we had a tournament day. We had 400 kids that were supposed to come to a location and our bus company called and said, sorry, Edmonton Catholic switched their early dismissal day. You have no buses. So our team, oh. our, our team literally mobilized and moved 400 kids on Uber in like the drop of a hat. Like, so the kids had no idea what happened. Um, and so that the kids just get to continue to have that space. So it, it, it's awesome. And it's, I don't want to go too, too much into it because I don't want to take away from our, our hockey chat, but like, it's just awesome seeing that the communities we serve, like we're saving families on childcare. Like it's thousand bucks for childcare. You're saving money uh, on like food. Cause we feed them daily, saving money on sport because, and it's getting crazy expensive, not just hockey. Um, and that for a lot of these families allows them to like speed up, you know, getting comfortable in Canada or like yeah. a lot of families are single parent homes. It allows them to like put themselves into a better financial position. And then the end result is like kids that have life skills and 
um, pathways through sports. So it's it's pretty phenomenal what Tim created and what they're doing. And uh, like I think we're currently at like forty five hundred kids going through the program in a calendar year. So it's amazing, and it probably keeps a lot of these kids on the straight and narrow, giving them structure and for sure something to keep them busy, right? For sure. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, a blast. No, it's a, it's a great thing. And yeah, it's a, it's pretty sweet when Sonny comes on and kind of talks about it, kind of just does that, sends that reminder. And, and uh, if anyone out there that's listening, Sonny, how, how can they get in touch with you to uh, maybe support, help out in any initiatives of, along that way? Yeah. Like the easiest way is like our, if you go to our website, it's freeplayforkids.com. Um, and that will walk you through like, everything the program's super robust I, again i can't walk through all of it you yeah. gave me an hour and do it justice because it's like on an average day we're in 45 locations simultaneously doing stuff right so uh it gives you kind of that idea and then on there there's like a give back so there's volunteerism there's sponsorship there's donations and then if you want to reach out to me directly like uh it's just instagram's the easiest way to get get to me and then we can take it offline and it's just s-o-n-n-y y s e k h o n and i'm that's like the easiest way uh funnels into my email and then we go from there but yeah and i'm happy to chat about it happy to answer questions about it um but yeah and i always appreciate you giving us the space to talk about it too josh no no it's uh uh anything we can do here at the too much podcast to help out we're uh we're happy for that uh I think another great moment, Sonny, that you guys are going to be pretty happy about, and I think a lot of people in, in the Edmonton community, uh, it has a good following with South Asian hockey. Uh, so the Oilers are going to do their first uh, ever, from my understanding, South Asian night. Um, the Oilers have already created a logo for that. Uh, can, can you kind of talk about that and how special that is, the logo and, and uh, you know, planning that goes into that? And um, are you going to be uh, – and where your involvement is in, your, in, in that – yeah, it's like you hit the nail on the head. I think uh, the South Asian community, I think it's like front and center in a lot of cases with hockey because you see Hockey Night in Canada in Punjab, you see Harnarai and Singh, you now see Tony Brar. So like uh, in Edmonton, you had Jujar Kara. So like, uh, I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know why there's the draw to South Asians and hockey. You know, some say it's when a lot came, a lot came over, during the heyday of the Oilers and it was easy to fall in love with Gretzky. Some say it's, you know, field hockey, super common back home, but for whatever reason, there's that affinity for the game. And so um, you haven't seen a really a big number of players or uh, from really any ethno background. Right. So when something like this comes up and, you know, the kudos to Oilers for doing it, but these have been, been going on for a little while and, um, it's just special. Right. And, um, you know, I give like up in a hockey credit for creating the platform that they did and, you know, kind of raising the profile of kids in the game and getting involved with like these games abroad. And, you know, I think that gave some confidence to some kids here to like, want to try and do this. So there, there's a group here that was, uh, like pretty aggressively trying to get in there and showcase what was happening. And so, uh, I was approached by that group to kind of help them out. I've been on a lot of boards doing governance, that kind of stuff. And so I, I was just there originally to be like a spectator and just watch this thing unfold. And yeah. I, you know, I, once, once it started to go, I was like, Oh, this is awesome. And so um, the logo that you're talking about, the, the kid that designed it, him and his brother, they worked with the designer and like, 
that process alone took probably two months, right? Because South Asia is like so diverse. There's so many people there. There's so many religions. And to try and find something that not only does justice to the logo and like is appealing to everyone because the Oilers are something to so many different people, but also represents or tries to represent uh, such a broad community was was challenging. And so the peacock is like quite common throughout the entire region. And it's like got religious connotations. It's but like all religions in the area, it's got uh, folklore. Uh, it's part of design and art and they're just everywhere. So uh, they they came together and they made this logo. Uh, logo is actually designed and ready to go before the Canucks had their peacock logo. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we actually like they, they, it, we've been sitting and again to go back to the planning, it's been sitting there since August and then but there's just so much going on. And so that's that, that that's just been a really great process. And like there, there's been a lot of working with groups and like obviously like, you know, mentioning up and I like they've they've done that. They've been around and they've they've established themselves in the community and they 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 have the relationship with the Oilers. They do the on ice stuff with first shift. So that's a natural thing. And, you know, they're, they're, they're going to take care of ensuring that's happening. And obviously like their platform to showcase, like, this is what Edmonton is doing is fantastic. And then, you know, Tony, you know, he's the face of the Edmonton Oilers and he's on the committee and he's there. Um, and it, it'll be a great night. I can't, I can't, I'm not, I can't get into too much of it just because they want the surprises, but uh, there's a lot that's going to happen and it's going to be exciting. And, uh super proud to even just do anything related to the Oilers that will like live in history as like the first game. So yeah, that'll be pretty cool, sweet. Man. Uh Hoods, uh you have any comments to that? I know it would be pretty special to kind of watch that or be a part of that too if you're at the game or watching it on TV. So well I just think it's a great idea and it's uh looking forward to checking it out. And the broader it gets the better we are, right? Is uh yeah Get more people involved it's beautiful i love it oh it's good i even the ones that they've had um throughout the u.s and whatnot and, and they're uh they're pretty sweet i think the winnipeg jets just had one not too long ago so that was pretty sweet and pretty special was it this year they had theirs jet like had one this yeah year? they've done it they've done it before they've done a couple of yeah but they did one and it kind of like broke the internet a little bit because it was uh they had the they had a, a youth choir that sang oh canada in punjabi yeah. But it was like a word for word translation. So some people, I mean, I think I said this previously, some people hated it. Some people were indifferent. It's not even that you piss one off or the other. You're going to, it's like yeah. someone's going to be mad and, but it was great. And like, they did a really good job of it. I, and I think, I, I mean, and I know we've talked about this a lot before, and I know that diversity in hockey matters to all of us on a very personal level. Um, but like the Oilers, you know, they're doing the Turtle Island game. So that logo is awesome. Lance Cardinal designed it. There's a Black History logo that's like so good. Um, there's the Lunar New Year to represent like Asian uh, culture. Obviously, last week was uh, Pride Night. And so, you know, I remember the last time I talked to you, Josh, we were talking about like how we felt with Gary Bettman banning like these right. games. And yeah, yeah, these got, yeah, the jerseys and warm up, right? So yeah, and we kind of were like, well, do we really think that the teams are going to listen and like? you know, and players have started to do what they want to do. And, and I think that's important because it's a far stretch to think that hockey will become basketball or football or any of those things just because of like the global appeal, but it's these little 
things or seemingly little things that mean so much to the groups that it matters to that will actually help grow the game, right? And like suddenly you feel like, oh, wow, maybe I do belong at the table. Oh, maybe these guys do care about me. And then you start to have that interest. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I again, I could go on and on about it. It's, I think it'll be, uh, it's, it hasn't quite sunk in. I saw the logo revealed. I saw it on their Instagram and I just like kind of stared at it for a little bit. Cause it's like, uh-huh. you know, you never know. Like I never would have thought to, it would happen. And then I never, I definitely never thought that, you know, I would even have a little bit to do with it. So yeah. uh, really happy with our team, like Sonny and Jesse, Tony, Sabrina, they're all, uh, and like, again, the guys at up for what they're going to bring to the table for the kids. And I believe it's going to be a shootout, maybe a scrimmage, but like, it's going to just be so fun to watch kids from the community on that stage and like uh yeah i'm excited for it it'd be pretty sweet so what's, what date is it again do you have the exact yeah date it's or... march i think it's march 21st it's the buffalo game okay. um and i was I, I, I when we first got the game i was quite excited but i thought buffalo would be a little bit better than they have been <laughs> yeah, exactly hopefully they <laughs> turn it around but uh speaking of turning it around the edmonton oilers have turned it around and this is our edmonton oilers re- report Sponsored by our friends at Shattified Salon and Barbershop. They have three locations here in Edmonton. So uh, go check Shaddy and his team out. They'll uh, make you guys look fresh, as they always do. And they just made Connor McDavid look fresh. I know he was uh, just getting his hair cut and his uh, beard all trimmed up the other day. So, um, and uh, yeah, the official sponsor, uh, Barber of the Edmonton Oilers too. So, um, closer, every night, hashtag heater. It's in the group chat. What can you say? Right. I'm coming here in about 35 minutes. Yeah. What do you, what can you say, my friend? It all started about whenever I sent you guys a text, I said, things are about to change, man. McDavid's back check and McDavid's four check and he's finishing checks. He's changed his game. And as soon as he started doing that, the rest follows, right? It's, it's literally as simple as that. He's doing it and he's doing it the right way every single game whether he's getting four points one point it's pretty rare it gets zero points but uh it's noticeable that he's changed his ways and that's why they're on a heater man and it's not going to stop until he decides i'm not back checking anymore and you see it every game and i love it you just saw it today on the intermission stuff i got it on mute so i don't know what Stoffer was saying but they showed excuse me the clip of mcdavid it wasn't him toe dragging or making a skating fast or doing anything super cool. It's him sitting on the hash marks, scrapping with some guy rolling around the ice, right? Just being tough, finishing checks and being engaged, showing his teammates that he wants it. Yeah. It's literally as simple as that, I I think. And uh, therefore now their D zone's tighter. Everything's just better. And they're doing this without McDavid and without Dreisaitl getting three, four points every game. Yeah. Right? They're not even in... They're just like, I don't want to say they're not great, but they're just really good NHLers at this current point, right? They're not on the score sheet. You don't see them three, four points. There's lots of other people chipping in, and it's because they're all playing the right way. They're spending a lot less time in their own end, and it's great to see. It's it's these guys are could be cup bound, legitimate cup contenders, just because of the way they're playing, and it's about time. Yeah, it's interesting, like. I know Drew Livingstone. I don't know him personally, but I know he tweeted out uh, the Oilers' uh, 14-game winning streak. And um, 
you know, he's talking like like the way he tweeted it out, you know, San Jose 32nd, Chicago 31, uh, Anaheim 30, Columbus 30, 29, Ottawa 28, Montreal 26, Calgary 24, Seattle 23, New Jersey 16, uh, Detroit 17, uh, uh, or Detroit 15, Kings 14. You know, you can see the theme, but it's just like, I'm always in my situation. I'm like, at the end of the day, these guys are professionals. This is the best. These are the best athletes in the in the entire world. And this is the National Hockey League. And anyone can beat anyone on any given night. So it doesn't matter if you're in three second or you're in first. Um, there's a lot of pride that goes on goes on the table for these guys because they don't want to lose their jobs because, you know, the the paychecks and the, the great things that happen. And it's just a great league. But uh yeah, it's hard to, you know, you look at that and you're like, oh, they're beating up the bottom of the standings. And it's like, well, not really, because you're done a really good job beating up almost everyone. So there's always an excuse. Um, I think PK Subban going at him on Twitter is kind of interesting. So I don't know where that kind of kind of comes from. But uh if he's just doing it to get more people to to get engaged with him or, or of course he is. Or, or, that's probably what it is at the end of the day. But uh Sonny, your kind of thoughts. I know you really want to talk about the Oilers, and there's a lot to unpack there. But um, you know, I don't know if you're going to agree with what Brody was saying, and you kind of have your own situation there. But they're obviously a pretty scary team. Yeah, I, I think Brody's spot on. Um, you know, I I think you have to like you you have to talk about Leon in it too. Like I I think it was two or three games ago. I I don't think he had a point, but I remember just being like, wow, like. He looked like Kopitar, like no defensively so sound, like erased so many plays, uh, doing everything right. And then, you know, I, I think to Brody's comments, like McDavid's going in, finishing checks, roping up Dickinson today, uh, standing up for Ekholm. Like uh, yeah. to, me, that, to me, that signals a mindset from two guys that have a lot of hardware in their in their trophy case that they probably don't care about, like. They're singularly focused on what do we have to do to get the one we want. And um, the scary thing is I, I think that they probably both could still go nuclear, right? Like, but like last year. They will, not could, they will still. And, and, that, and that's the thing, right? Like it's last year when McDavid scores whatever, he had 65 goals and whatever that many points, you know, started part of me thinks like is like freakishly, out of this planet he is does that wear on a guy as you get into a playoff series so like does it make more sense for him to like do what he needs to do but also pull the rest of his teammates into the fight and then those guys know that come playoffs like there's a couple more gears to go um and then again i you know knoblock i felt bad for woodcroft but like i mean it's a results-based business and they weren't getting them but what i've liked and you know i watched the first period too is like you know, some people might say like, well, why is he loading up against Chicago? And it's like, well, he's not, he's not complacent. He's going to tinker and he's going to continue to experiment. Cause he also seems to want to know like what is going to work. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's, he used the word stale, right? He said, they look stale. I'm going to muck it up. We're winning, but didn't look good in his world. Yeah. And, and I think, I think they're, you know, I think a backup goaltender for me would still be, I mean, I, I'm not to take anything away from Pickard. I think he's played like great when he's called upon. Um, but you know, not that you want to think about it, but like if Skinner went down, it's like, do you have a goaltender that you could do a cup run with? And you know, there's there's gonna be stuff that comes available probably 
in short order here as teams like start to drop out of the, the race. Um, and then it just starts to become like asset management. What are you going to actually go for? Um, I like them though. Like it's, uh, I remember being super bullish on them at the start of the year and then trying to hide in a hole somewhere as they went. <laughs> um, but I still biggest fan cheered for them every time. Um, but yeah, I mean like, and there's so many good stories this year. I think like the Hamlin story is obviously like so awesome. Like local kid, the goal with his mom and like Harnay is a great story in himself. And like, just like everything kind of coming together, I think Perry could be like a scary piece. Oh. Um, that's like a guy that, you know, you would have night if he was still playing for Chicago, that's a guy that a team like us or a team like Tampa or a team like would give up like a prospect for this 100%. run. So we, we got him for free. I said, well, I mean, obviously we're paying him, but we didn't have to give up any assets. And, um, you know, I think of having someone like him and someone like Kane in the playoffs and like, you know, Huge. it's checking a lot of boxes. It's, um, and I, 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 Knobloch, I had no idea who he was. I, I, and he's just been super impressive. So. Yeah. It was funny. Cause just a couple of days before Corey Perry signed, I was just talking to, a few guys in the NHL and you know, they're kind of like, I was like, what do you guys think of the Oilers? And they're just like, man, if they can get a guy that has, you know, won a cup and been in the battle, um, you know, it's just going to go, go great for them. And I don't know if they knew Corey Perry was going to sign there or not. It's not like they told me that, but you yeah, obviously that signing adds, you know, you add that to your locker room is pretty huge. I know he won the one and I know he's, he's been a few that he's lost, but uh, you know, um, just the fact of him being there, um, you know, knowing how it takes to win and where he's won, he's won every at every level he's played at in his professional career and junior career, uh, he's won. So that that weighs uh, weighs a lot. And I know the last time Bob Stopper was on with us, he ran off all the the great winning streaks Chris Knobloch's had because you know Stoff has been a fan of his for a while, and um, you know, so I think some of the moves Jeff Jackson's done here along with Ken Holland and, you know, bringing these guys in and it's probably not easy bringing a, bringing a guy in. Um, but they did it with the, with Vander Kane and it's worked out and now they're going to do it with Corey Perry. And I thought it was a good first press conference. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's his privacy. It's his, it's his life. What he wants to be told what what is out there. And you got to respect that. I know the media guys were asking it, but, um, you know, for sure, the organization did all the due diligence to make sure that whatever happened in Chicago wasn't going to be something that was going to keep him out of playing the National Hockey League. And obviously meeting up with Gary Bettman and Bill Daly and getting their blessing was another big step in it, too, for him. And now he, uh, you know, he gets a week of practice and he'll get to play with the team on Saturday and, and get one game in before the All-Star break here. And um, so I just think that just stuff like that is good. It's a, it's going to be a good ad for them. And, you know, uh, you know probably about two months a broads before Ekholm was traded here you were the first one kind of clamoring and and saying we need to bring this guy in and you know his record with this organization at his first 63 games is is quite remarkable isn't it closer yeah it's it's nuts <clears throat> and i was saying before they got Barry, they they can't they were still on the heater still right and i was thinking they can't be going into the playoffs with a fourth line of guys to all my size. So you can't have Gagne, Aldi, there's three or four of them, right? And I was like, they got to fix that fourth line. Sure, it might be fine now, but it's not going to work in the playoffs. So they need to get bigger. And since then, they've got uh, McLeod back and Corey Perry back. Yeah. 
And Corey Perry, I, I don't care whether he gets one point leading up to the playoffs. He is going to be fantastic in the playoffs. He's going to score a goal that wins a game. He's going to get – somebody's going to struggle. He's going to end up on the second-line power play. He's going to bang in a goal off his butt or off his knee or whatever it is, and he's going to antagonize. He's going to draw a penalty, and McDavid's going to go out and score. He's exactly what this team was missing and a fabulous ad regardless what you think about – is off ice, whatever happened. Nobody knows, but yeah, perfect fit. And I think the Oilers could still add another one of him. I, I'm sure they could say they need another top six forward, but what, what team doesn't want another top six forward? I mean, they have five already. Five is pretty darn good. I, I don't think there's very many teams, if any, that have six. I wonder top six forward. So I think if they can add another top bottom six forward and it's a little depth, I'm not too worried. Like Sonny said, like, well, Sonny said, get a goalie. I'm not, not too worried about that, to be honest. I think if you lose Skinner, you're probably screwed no matter what. But maybe bring back up Campbell, and you're probably not going to win regardless if you don't have your number one goalie. And generally speaking, teams go with a one goalie down the stretch and, and through the playoffs. So I, I think they're fine with a goalie. I'd rather spend the money your assets on uh, bottom six forward and some defensive depth just in case somebody gets injured. Or an upgrade. Oh, what a goal. Uh, Josh, I was going to ask you, because with your ties to Calgary and obviously Stoffer, Stoffer is a guy that always seems to know, um, and he, you know, he shares information, and he's been really bullish on Lindholm lately. Like, do you think there's, do you think there's anything there? Or like, do you think that's a, like, I, to me, when I hear the name, I'm like, well, where would he, he's obviously a top six player, but it's like, well, where, where does he fit? Is it like, is that, you know, um, well, he's awesome. obviously. I think Hannafin's going to resign, and I think they're going to find a way to get, um, you know, they're going to find a way to get uh, Tanev resigned. Uh, Lindholm's not going to resign. Like, that's not like it's not like he's walked up to me and said that or anything like that, but just the consensus being in that press box, like, it doesn't seem like that's possibly going to happen here, which is okay. Like, you know, he hasn't had a great year and you're probably not going to get, you're going to get a return, but you might not get the return that you wanted a few years ago when he was putting up a hundred some points with Kachuk and uh, Gaudreau. But, um, and it's weird, like all three of them now, like Gaudreau's on pace for 51 points and Kachuk's not having the greatest year in, in Florida too. Um, you know, he had a really great year last year in Florida, but uh, hasn't been this case here. And Lynn Holmes now kind of had this struggle, but um, I don't know. I, I have a, unless Calgary's completely out of it, which is not good because they're losing 3-2 right now to the Blue Jackets, and this could now start a a losing streak for them, and this is where things could happen. And a great story of Oliver Shillington kind of being back in the lineup is is probably the the focal point of tonight's story for the Calgary Flames, win or lose, but obviously you'd want to win. But, but yeah, I don't know. Lindholm, I I find it hard to believe. I think the guy that I think we're we're not really looking at here, and I know I know know him personally, but – like if if New Jersey really falls out of it because they've been banged up and they lost again tonight to the Carolina Hurricanes, but Tyler Toffoli just had a hat trick, and I think that's a guy that his name needs to be brought up a bit more here. And um, that's a guy if I was an Edmonton Oilers uh, in management or a player or anything, that's a guy I would be uh, focal pointing. I know I, I know I know him, but uh, you know that's a that's a guy that's won a Stanley Cup. He's a proven you know proven goal scorer. He's proven in the playoffs. Um, he's a good two way kind of player, and I think him on a line with uh, Icedal or 
you know, even Connor McDavid, but you would really want to break up like anyone he plays with. I think he'll, he'll do good But if New Jersey falls out of it. That's a guy where you want to add another Stanley cup ring into that locker room. That's a guy there that I, I think would be uh, an intriguing name to take because he's a UFA. You probably get less for him than you're probably gonna have to give up more for Lindholm. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Lindholm shoots right nobody. They need a righty. Is uh yeah, it, but Lindholm's a right right hand shot too. So he Lindholm yeah, need a right. Yeah, so so now like he's obviously the thing is now like I I don't I see why Bob's probably bringing Lindholm up because maybe in the playoffs you're just gonna run with Connor and Leon and maybe that's kind of what they're doing now and obviously Lindholm's a better center than Nuge. Nuge is a really good player. He's not a bad player. It's just the faceoffs isn't what he. It, Did you just say obviously he's better? Well, a lot like he's like it's not a like. Nuge is a top six player, but Lindholm's a better player than him, yeah. I, I think, personally. Like, you know, overall, when it, when you talk about overall game, you know, he's 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 kind of a better player, I, in, in my opinion. Like, that's just my my thoughts. But uh, in getting right-handed centermen, just like getting right-handed fa- uh, defensemen is pretty hard to get. But, you know, I can't see Calgary doing that. that that'd be you know, it's not like they've they've done trades before this both these organizations, but I I don't see a, a Calgary Flames trading uh, Lindholm unless it's like, you know, a first round pick and a top prospect and and you know uh, an an everyday NHL player. So you're probably got to give up a first this year. You're probably going to give up like I'm not saying Broberg because I don't think Broberg's ever going to make the NHL. Like like I don't think he's going to be a full time NHL player that makes like plays 400 games. But um, and the others don't really have a lot of prospects to trade with right now, too. So, you know, they haven't done like they don't have anyone kind of knocking the door um, that you're you're really uh, you're going to look at, too. So I don't know. Like they, It's just first round picks. And if Calgary's willing to take picks and not a prospect, I don't know. But uh, the price will be pretty high. And, and Calgary doesn't need any money. So that's another thing, too. You got to look at it in the history of the Flames the last, I think, five years. They've only ate one contract in, in return for salary. Um, and I think actually dating back to Tree Living's time with him in the nine years Tree Living has been there, I think only twice or three times he's ever re- retained money on a, on a contract. So, you know, I don't know how the Oilers would fit that in cap-wise if the Flames aren't going to eat any money. Mm-hmm. So that's just something I think yeah. to look at too. So, because it's just... And they haven't really made a trade... Sorry, they haven't really made a trade together anybody that like that high up the lineup, right? It's usually just a random depth guy. Yeah. Some lower down the old. Brett, uh, it's your Brett Kulaks. It's your, you know, obviously Gagne is not a trade. He's a signing, but, uh, you know, Kulak was a trade. The biggest <clears throat> obviously is Ekholm, but that was for, that was a hockey trade at the end of the day, right? That was, you know, a proven NHL player for yeah. NHL player. And then Reed Schaefer got thrown into it. So, um, you know, and it, it unfortunately it hasn't worked on the other end for Tyson Berry going to Nashville. But, um, but yeah, I, I would be surprised if that is the case there in that situation. But, you know, you never say never. There could be something. But that would kind of – you probably have to do a three-way trade to make that happen. And and then, you know, the Oilers are going to have to definitely sweeten the pot for sure. But uh, I think all signs kind of point to Lindholm going to Boston in my eyes. Like, that's kind of where – Things might go That's perfect. Yeah, probably the biggest return get, <laughs> and you know they keep losing games here, which they are. It's unfortunate. I think that'll be the uh, the thing Craig Conroy does, and you know it's up to Noah Hannafin. Noah Hannafin has a sixty, a 60 million dollar contract sitting right there on the front of on a, on a desk, welling if he wants to sign it or not. And 
that's up to him if he wants to take the 60 million or not. And he has not, he, he, that was there first week of the season and he has not, he was about to sign it. They went on a skid, they started playing good. And, and um, now they're, they're where they are, where they are now. So, but, um, and they've lost two players on waivers today. So that was, that was a tough blow for them. And AJ Greer just got, <laughs> so, um, so you get definitely need, but obviously Oliver Schilling being coming back and looks like he's playing pretty good. You know, he's moving the puck. He just, I'm just watching this game now. I just made a really great pass to, to Kadri up the middle. So, um, he's but, playing, man. No expectations on your first game back. Correct. Yeah. Just go and play. Right. So, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, a lot of talk that he was going to get in the game after the all-star break, but he got in, got in here before it happened. So, so good on the flames uh, for doing that. Um, yeah, I don't know anything you want to jump in on that, Sonny. Sorry, I know I rambled on there. No, no, I, uh, I like it. I, I kind of wanted to ask you more about your your time in in Calgary on the <laughs> scariest uh, catwalk. I would wolf my cookies over the ledge. I'm so scared of heights, and uh, <laughs> that, super happy for you. What was that like? Um, well, being a carpenter by trade and a journeyman uh, scaffolder too by trade, and a journeyman carpenter, uh, heights aren't that scary for me anymore so over the years you get used to it but uh i'm not gonna lie when i first walked into it was pretty cool walking into that rink and not really knowing what was going on no one really showed i just all i had is an email i'm like here you go go in security's right there they they badge you in they check your your stuff make sure you don't have anything that you should not have and then it's like stay left and i'm like all right i'm staying left and then all of a sudden there's a media room you go and sit in and um so you go sit in there and you just have a meal. It's a twelve dollar meal. It's really good food. Can't complain. And then, uh, and then the media. I, as soon as I walked in, the media guys go. He goes, "You're from Philadelphia?" Because that was my first game. And I said, "No, I'm from Edmonton." He's like, "Get out, leave now, go." Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, no. It was really nice. His Dennis was his name. He's like, uh, first time here. And I said, yeah. And he's like, you're not from Philly. And I said, no. And he's like, all right, put your stuff down. I'll give you the tour. So. He gave me the tour and then we as soon as you go up this long like this elevator it's like the longest elevator in the world because it, it takes you right to the top of the arena so we're at the bottom of the arena it takes you right up the top so you get up there and then you come down go out this door take a you kind of take a little left here and then um you go up two sites of stairs and then you go down and then they're like hey this is where the, <laughs> the true test of feet is and it's security stands there and it opens the door and then you go so you're walking above the fans, like literally like you're above the fans and then you're above the ice. So like the first, when you first come around, it's the the first people you see is the healthy scratches for the visiting team. Cause they're sitting right there. And then it's the, uh, and then there's some press local press. And then there's, they have about, um, I think it's about 12 NHL staff. So they're the guys collecting the hits and the stats and the shots and, and all that stuff. So they're kind of sitting in their own little area. And then there's another, uh, there's another kind of area here. Oh, Mike is beeping off, but uh, uh, yeah. So there's another area that you walk across the scoreboard. So that's the side where like Kelly Rudy would be and Rick Ball and obviously the visiting team. So that's the scary part because you're literally walking across <laughs> the ice. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I could not do that. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty scary. But the area I get to sit in is a further down, and so I'm, my last seat is right where like the assistant, um, where all the scouts and GMs and stuff come that are coming to scout the the two teams that are playing. 
because the team that is playing, they have their own seat across from you. And then they're, uh, and then, so they're on one side and then the flames management staffs on another side, but like, yeah, you have all the visiting, the visiting, uh, uh, players are visiting scouts and general managers. They kind of sit next to you. It's kind of cool because you get to network with them and talk to them. They want to talk to you. They want to know what you think. Then you want to know what they think. So, but before the game starts, you kind of see who's all coming. So it's, it's, it's a pretty cool experience. I'm not going to lie. It's uh it's uh once a, once an opportunity that I've never, never, uh, I'll never forget once it was my first. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah. Then it, it was, it was pretty cool. Cause like the, the Flyers game was my first one. So we went down. So you got to leave after the four minute mark at the, like to get down for the, cause the media room that we sit in to eat turns into the media to the, to the press conference room for Ryan Huska for the head coach. So they transition that room right over to everything else. And then, so we're down in the, we're going down the elevator with all the flyers, healthy scratches. So like Mark Stahl's in there. So they're all wearing track suits. And so one of the TSN guys uh, asks uh, Mark, he's like, no suits. And he's like, no, Ford said uh, track suits all year. So uh, yeah. And not one of those guys, I think um, Bobby Brink and a couple other young guys were with him too. And they were just like, yeah, he's in Torts is an amazing coach. He's an amazing person. They're, the stigma or the word about him out there is very wrong. So uh, he's actually a really it's good. Totally person. wrong. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, just endless amounts of good stories that you heard and and all that. So it's kind of it's in- interesting because once you come down, the visiting team like they're they kind of walk right by you. So uh, the second game I was at, all you hear is f this, f that, because they lost right to Calgary Wands. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you can just. You hear, and then the coach is mad. So it's like, and it's right in front of you. So it's like, kind of cool. And then, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was kind of a nerve wracking game that that second game. And I think that was against the Coyotes. And then the Flames management staff walks right by you, and they're just like, we squeaked that one out. So it's kind of cool. But yeah, hopefully we get more experiences like that. I love to. The thing is, it's I'm there kind of by myself, so I'm just mingling with more people. But it'd be nice to kind of have some of our guys here in the pod and stuff like that kind of get that experience too we don't have it quite yet with the Edmonton Oilers so we're working on that but the Oilers still help us out we do um we got some uh, we got three great events coming up uh with the Edmonton Oilers for uh for some morning skates and stuff like that so uh so yeah we're looking forward to it it'll be pretty uh it'll be pretty sweet but uh awesome. yeah so that's that's sunny <laughs> I know you're asking about it but yeah it's 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 not. It's not bad if, if you're afraid of heights. You don't want to do it. So yeah, I w- I wouldn't. I like yeah. flat out. I don't think I could do it. Like I. I think I'd just be like, oh, I'll just stay over here. But no, yeah. I'm like I said. I'm just happy for you. It's uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's quite uh, quite cool for sure. So uh, definitely, uh, definitely pretty sweet. So, uh, let's go to a commercial break. We'll be right right back. Let's hear from uh, a few of our sponsors. Coach Rupper here from Two Months. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Now let's grab a knee. Have I got a deal for you? We have teamed up with Manscaped and we can save you some big time coin this upcoming NHL season. Guys, are your sticks and pucks getting hairy in the corners? And gals, is your goalie still using horsehair coopers? Well, let's wake up. Use the code 2MUTS to save 20% plus free shipping on Manscaped products. Listen. We all love to score, and we all want to win the cup. Why not do it on a fresh, clean, smooth sheet of ice? That way we all win. 
Manscaped is the only way to go. Again, the code is 2MUTS to save 20% plus free shipping on Manscaped products. Now let's bring it in. Manscaped on three. One, two, three. Our NHL news and notes segment is brought to you by Sheena Boychuk. Yes, you heard that last name right. That's Sheena Boychuk. As a licensed realtor, Sheena has you covered to buy and sell your home in this hot market. She also offers home consulting services to help you upgrade your living space. Check her website out at SheenaBoychuk.com and tell her the Two Mods podcast sent you. Realty by design, your design approach to real estate. Uh, yeah, so obviously to end up on some uh, unfortunate news, uh, I think as, as uh, you know, guys guys in the game and following hockey, uh, you know, this story's been kind of been around for a bit a bit here and uh, we thought we were getting to the end of it and then there was a bit of delay, but that's uh, the, regarding the 2018 uh, Team Canada World Junior Team and obviously the London Police, uh, you know, letting people know that they're uh, – or the gold mail report uh, saying that five, there's been five players asked to surrender to the police. The London police obviously put out a tweet yesterday that um, uh, now this, when this episode releases, it'll be two days, but they put out a tweet saying that they'll have a press conference on February 5th. That would be a Monday um, to, uh, to kind of have some questions and furthermore uh, comments towards this. The NHL and the NHLPA have been very silent to it. I think we all saw Brian, uh, Daniel Briere's press conference uh, the other day too on not much he can say. And uh, Lindy Ruff was asked about a few players on his organization team and he does not know what uh, what has gone on there too. So um, so obviously, uh, you know, very tough situation, obviously for the people that went through this, but uh you know, uh, we'll throw to you first here, Sonny, your kind of thoughts. It uh, looks like we're going to kind of have a resolution to uh, this uh, this situation that's happened for a while. And obviously the uh, uh, resurfacing of the 2003 team, uh, World Junior Team, is uh, is brought up too in, in this. And obviously, uh, you know, sexual assault uh, is not good in any which way. And, um, you know, justice has looked like it's going to be served here. And we'll see what the outcome is from uh, the London police and uh, and what discipline the NHL and the NHLPA have to this too. But uh, your thoughts on kind of what you see from what we kind of know right now. Um, I guess like from what we know right now, I mean, and I think innocence until proven guilty is like important um you know justice courts have to do their thing um i'm not surprised by this these allegations i'm not surprised by these types of stories um you know i've talked to you both a lot about like something being wrong at many levels of the game where conduct like this doesn't surprise someone like me that's been in it for 30 years um I feel awful for the people that had to go through it uh you know I have a little bit of empathy for, you know, what would have been 18, 19 year old kids that probably made mistake uh, decisions that they will go on to regret forever and make no mistake. They should, they should, and they will if proven guilty. And what I hope comes from that is um, an example to generations of hockey players that are coming as we're trying to grow the game and make it safe and uh, inclusive for women and, uh, different ethno communities, non-binary people that like, this is not going to be okay anymore. Um, and you know, hockey has maybe hockey's day of reckoning is, is here. Um, and it's going to be ugly. And I, I feel 
I feel sad for what uh, undoubtedly will will stain um, a very proud organization that we all like we're we're super proud of for a long time in hockey Canada. But maybe that's what it came to, right? And maybe, uh, like I said, all I hope is that from it, a lot of good can come. And um, and I hope that the people that were impacted in it like get to move move on and have some closure and uh, healing. But uh, it, it's just it's it's ugly i hope that all parties involved uh, their respective teams i think it's i just i hope it's handled well uh regardless of the outcome it's if it's a bad outcome it's owned up for there's not excuses made it's this is how we're going to move forward from from it and um yeah that's what i hope comes out of it yeah uh i know when craig button was on with us uh when this all broke back uh month over a year ago um you know the, the sad part one of the things he said was that it's unfortunate it took 21 cases in hockey canada for for this to to be a situation there's been obviously more yeah is that, is that what it is it was this was the 21st case of a, of a situation of you know um that it, that in in terms of this stuff um you know so i know that that was uh you know not a and that was what, what the reporting rick westhead had and, um, you know, I know, uh, you know, we took some flack once we had that interview, I ended up losing, uh, some privileges in the, the media side of things because I reported on it. Um, and, and so, and I know, uh, dealt with that firsthand in red deer. So it was a, a tough thing from, you know, I'll just say, yeah, hockey Canada wasn't happy that, you know, we had, we had done a podcast on it. So, uh, while, a while back and, uh, you know, I had a media pass going in and I didn't have a media pass when I showed up. So, uh, for the Helenka Gretzky cup and, um, but, uh, you know, and that's the smallest that's like, not to complain there, obviously there's a bigger serious on the other side. There's, there's victims in, in this that are really hurt. So me losing a media pass is, is nothing compared to what, uh, these, uh, what, you know, the, the, the poor victims had to go through, but, uh, you know, as you say, the, the, the courts will do their, uh, due, 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 due diligence and, and we'll see from there. But, um, Brody, your kind of thoughts on this, obviously a tough, uh, tough and heavy conversation, but it's uh, leading all uh, hockey shows, podcasts, and articles right now too. And it should, right? It yeah. definitely should. Well, first of all, I feel for the young lady who's had to have this overhead for the last, well, too many years, sadly. She's probably a broken person, right? That's It's really sad for her. Um, the truth will come out. Yep, as it always does. The courts will do their thing, and if they're innocent, they're innocent. If they're guilty, they'll pay a price, and they should pay a price. Uh, I think hoping, having young boys, uh, I hope lessons are learned, and they can learn from this and grow from this. I know the coaches have spoken about it lots, and there's <clears throat> protocols in place now or how not to put yourself in those types of more education and we all know from what we kind of know from you know just some personal people that we know and, and whatnot and experiences there now is steps in place and you know anyone knows Sheldon Kennedy's story his his respect group um, works with a lot of hockey organizations um, you know and we work with the child advocacy center in in red deer that's a that's the number one sponsor that our podcast is tied to and you know um donations from our sponsors go there i have been for th several years and that's a place that sheldon kennedy started and you know branched off to 
still tied with that, but to his respect group where he goes around to hockey clubs and has these conversations where, you know, this is what did happen and this is how to prevent it from happening. Um, so, um, but I know, I think he had some, he's been very vocal about it too. Um, and anyone that's seen articles of that or video or interviews know it too, but yeah, there are obviously we'll have some more answers in a few weeks with the press conference. And then, you know, I think that will tell a lot of uh, stories there and then we'll see where, where things go from, from that point. But um, yeah, obviously uh, public. it will be, it'll be obviously they've asked media to come out. So there'll probably be a lot of media and a lot of NHL reporters uh, making their way to London, Ontario for this and, and as we saw today, the 2003 team, that investigation is still ongoing. And, and there's that article um, too. So obviously some very tough ones and we'll see where that one goes um, and leads to as well. So uh, very, uh, very tough, very hard. Um, you know, we, as a podcast, uh, we got to make a conversation about it because others are doing it too. And more education and more conversations are, are important for, for this, but uh you know, and thoughts and prayers are with those, those people that are affected by this. And if it brings back some old wounds for people that are listening or something's happened to them along their life, uh, you know, we're, we're here, we're with you and we're thinking of you and, you know, um, you're loved and, uh, you know, um, well, you know, I, we know that you're obviously someone's get, you're getting that help and it's important to get the help to, uh, to find the, the healing process but uh, yeah it uh, we'll see what this goes now in in the courts and and see what london police say on on february 5th so um yeah so i don't know if there's anything else you guys want to add to that before we sign off here sorry no i mean the only thing i can think of is like uh, and, and you i don't know that you're ever going to find the source of when the the created apple started to rot and how long the problem's been going on. But like, if there's any truth to like three and $4 million being spent, like I just can't even imagine the types of programs that could have been developed and made to teach thousands of young men and women. Like, like this is not okay versus like just trying to bury a problem. So like I said, it's, it's just super sad for everyone sad for the game. We, we all love, but again, hopefully hopefully we're not going to be talking about stuff like this again because of this so yeah brody yeah i agree man like with sunny it's the money spent could have obviously been used in programs and teaching and lessons and i hope moving forward we'd never hear enough about this again because it's not happening not because it's thrown you know it's swept under the rug right i hope it's just people have learned and the world gets better. I hope that that's the way it works. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll sign off for this week. Uh, you know, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back in a, next week with another episode. Uh, big Oilers win tonight and a, a tough uh, loss for the Calgary Flames. Um, so uh, take heater. There you go, bro. So um, 15 in a row for the Edmonton Oilers. Unbelievable. Do they get the record and beat the record is the question. Do they get to uh, 17 plus? I think that's the record by the Penguins. I think the Penguins. Who's your next three games? Uh, Nashville, Saturday. Uh, yeah, I don't know after that. Yeah, I think they're they're off for a bit after that because it's the all-star break. But uh, 
it's kind of hard to see that maybe they won't lose again. So <laughs> this could go on for a while. Really good team. And uh, as Bob Stoffer said, I'll do it too. Knock on wood. They are healthy. So that is a good thing. All right. Uh, everyone take care. Um, you know, always be kind. Uh, love those people around you. Um, you know, reach out, have a conversation and, uh, you know, just find ways to support each other um, through everything that we all go through. And uh, all the best to you guys. Uh, you know, Bell Let's Talk Day was just the other day. Uh, we've done great work with Bell Media. Um, so just, uh, you know, remind uh, remind yourselves that you're, you're not alone and there's always someone on the other end willing to have a conversation with you. So uh, take care. Love you guys and have a good one.